When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Hi, I'm James Nikise. Welcome to Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower. I'm here with Saab Jahal, clinical psychologist, and he's going to answer some of my questions and uh, give us some practical advice on uh, dealing with mental health. Let's talk about stress. Mm. Um, what are the ways that stress can physically affect us? Mm. Okay, yeah, so lots of different ways, some, some of which we won't be aware of. Okay, so okay. if you think about anxiety when you're feeling nervous, you get kind of like maybe um, sticky palms, you get the heart palpitations, you get a dry mouth, okay? So that's like the really acute anxiety that you might get something, you're nervous about something. But if that goes on for a long period of time, you know, it can elevate your heart rate. Mm-hmm. So your heart rate starts going up and it maybe, you know, goes up high and, and establishes itself at a higher base rate, um, which is not good. You're feeling kind of like up all the time. Um, it can affect things like your sexual function. So for men, it can affect um, how much of an erection you get, how solid it is, how, whether you can get an erection when you, when you want to or not. It can really interfere with that. Um, and for women as well, it can affect with their sexual function, kind of like dryness and things like that uh, affect it. Uh, things like hair and nails are really sensitive to um, stress as well. So you can lose, lose your hair. Right. Yeah, it can happen. Uh, and also your nails as well start growing in, in strange ways as well. So interestingly, you know, if you look at uh, newborns, they can tell when, the, when they're under a lot of stress in terms of um, whether they're developing okay or not. One of the things that GPs look at is, are their nails still growing? Their nails are still growing, then they're probably kind of okay at a physiological general sort of system. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so physiologically, stress can affect us. Um, and psychologically but it's also the whole social system that we live in as well that can have an effect upon us through our psychology but directly on our physiology as well so whether we feel like you know we've got enough money to pay the bills or enough money to put food on the table all that stuff doesn't just make us feel psychologically stressed but can have a real big impact on our physiology too I feel with the cliches we have around stress, you know, not tonight, hun, when it comes to say, I've got a headache, things are hard at work, or, you know, I'm under a lot of pressure, I'm sorry. These are things actually we we know as a society, but we don't seem to talk about uh, or open about that we are feeling stress. Yeah, yeah. Because one of the things, you know, that they talk about in terms of, say, say about sex is performance anxiety. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So performance anxiety is really affected by stress when we have thoughts racing around our mind so that we can't concentrate and focus upon the sensations about what, what we want to do. Right. So when we have lots of stuff going on in our heads and we're worried about what's going on and we're feeling anxious, all the stuff that we want to work properly when we want to have sex isn't going to work properly mm. uh, unless we find a way through that. So 
all the other stuff that we're subject to as well, right? So not having enough money or worrying about how the kids are doing at school or what it is that your mum and dad are going to do because they're worried about, you know, aging and things are going on for them. All of that stuff sits on our shoulders and can affect us in our daily lives. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned that society and, and, and culture. We're very lucky in New Zealand to, to have a very rich and vibrant indigenous culture. Are, are there things from Maori culture that we can look to uh, in dealing with mental health? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that we're learning more and more about is how much um, indigenous cultures around the world, and Māori in particular in New Zealand, can offer us in terms of understanding our well-being and our place in the world. So often what we can find, particularly if countries have been through a kind of a colonization process, right? They can feel quite cut off from their history. Mm. You know, there's a replacement history that's kind of brought in. And often if people are living in quite impoverished circumstances or perhaps they're not able to draw upon um, different stories, you know, they're kind of characterized as being, you know, a particular way or having particular problems within that society, then it's a very kind of thin story upon mm. which to root yourself in life. And so a lot of the work that's being done in like Māori mental health services is around connecting people back up through their whakapapa into deeper stories around what it is to be a person in this land and the connection to the land. And often that's a much richer story that people have a chance to connect to, which then becomes a much firmer basis upon which they can stand in their lives and really helps to nourish their well-being, rather than thin descriptions of perhaps he or she doesn't concentrate well in school, so then they're a poor student, so then they're gonna have poor outcomes. And this kind of like predictive trajectory, which may or may not be true, but it's a very, very thin way of characterizing a whole person. Mm. So having that big, broad approach to what it means to be well is something that I think we can learn a lot from, from Māori approaches to well-being. Saab, what examples are there of us using Māori culture uh, in mental health? Yeah, so there's one example that comes to mind, which is um, Te Whare Marie, uh, which is a Māori mental health service, which I think, from my understanding, locates kind of evidence-based Western methods and approaches to mental health, like cognitive behavioural therapy or EMDR, eye movement desensitization therapy, which is kind of a treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. Um, but it locates that within a cultural understanding and cultural tikanga around um, being Māori in New Zealand and that connection to whakapapa. So really within that cultural context, bringing the best of the well-being understanding of Māori to the uh, evidence-based Western practices around influencing people's mental health and what seems to work and weaving these two together. And from my understanding, it's going really well. Um, and I think that there's um, a lot of people going to be looking to that service to see whether we can, what we can learn from that and how we can expand that if it's working well too, so that many, many more New Zealanders can access it. Fantastic. Uh, thanks very much, uh, Saab Jahal, clinical psychologist, uh, for answering uh, my quick questions here at Eden Fried Chicken in the Shower. I'm James Nakise. Uh, we'll see you again on RNZ Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the RNZ New Zealand On Air Innovation Fund.